0: Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> it's game seven, you know. Under a minute to go here in the first half. Stunning. Twenty-seven point lead. Down goes Johnson. Three. Oh no! They're
1: shredding him.
0: There he is, Kevin Harlan. Oh man, it was a shredding. It's Matt Mosley Show, ESPN, Central Texas. Happy Monday to you. A very happy Monday for Mavs fans. And uh, Mike Peasley, my longtime friend from Dallas Media, is joining us now. And uh, Mike is uh, does the pre and post game ninety seven one the Eagle. And uh, Peasley, were you um, were you as shocked as everyone? I mean, I I mean, I, I could envision. I, I tried to talk myself into thinking the Mavs could win the game. What I had not talked myself into thinking was that they were going to have a thirty point. Halftime lead. As you were doing that halftime show, was it almost? Were you almost in a little bit of shock?
1: Exactly. I I mean, I started off the halftime show. I'm like, what did we just witness? Like, (laughs) did this really happen? I mean, it was it was just stunning. And you know, the thing about having the 30 point lead is that it probably could have been even more because you know, early in the game when the sun started off one for 11 you know, the Mavericks are missing some open looks as well. And at the time I was thinking, well, is this going to come back, you know, and hurt them thinking that eventually, you know, Phoenix will go on a little bit of a run, but it just never happened. And then the second quarter came along and the sun scored 10 points. And, you know, this was a series that was just dominated by the home team. So to see the Mavericks up by 30 at the half, I was, I was flabbergasted almost not knowing what to say. It was just the most stunning first half of basketball that I can ever remember watching.
0: You know, it's just interesting to see a team not be able to punch back. I mean, Phoenix—we've talked about them being the best team in the NBA—and and, and uh, you know, to to be down. I, I was looking at that Aiton thing uh, when they took him out of the game, and he never went back in the game. And I wanted to see when what the score was when they took him out, because he never came back in, and it was 70-32. to (laughs) I mean, it it just looked crazy on the screen. You know, when I went back and and looked at that, and there was just something. Now, did you sense early, like you said, the Mavs weren't exactly making everything immediately, but how, how quickly did you feel like the Suns just almost, I mean, you talk about getting punked. In your home yeah. floor on a game in a game seven, I mean it's just extremely rare for something like that to happen. Wh- which yeah. barrage of threes? Wh- which of the shots do you feel like was the moment they were just kind of like, okay, we're we're piecing out on this thing?
1: You know, I think it was probably late towards the first quarter when Spencer Dinwiddie came in, and the first time that he he touches the ball, I think the Mavericks are up by eight. He comes mm-hmm. down and he hits a step back three. Uh, and makes it an 11-point game. And then the next time down, he a little ball fake takes a sidestep to his left and drains another three. And then he got a driving layup as well. He got those eight quick points right there. And I think at that point, Phoenix is like, we've got ourselves a problem right now because we know we can't stop Luca. Brunson's going to get his. Now if Dinwiddie is going to become this X factor, we're in a lot of trouble. And you know, just <laughs> midway to the second quarter, you knew that this thing was done. Because they were sitting at about, what, 22, 23 points midway through, the, midway through the second quarter. And it just never got any better. I have never in my life mostly seen as good of a basketball team as the Phoenix Suns are. And they were a very, very good basketball team to play as poorly as they did and to get booed off the floor mm-hmm. at halftime. It was, it was just absolutely stunning.
0: Yeah, uh, talking to Mike Peasley, ninety-seven-one, the Eagle and uh, Mavs Radio does the pre and post game work. Been doing it for many years. Um, what about uh, wh- you? Brought up Dinwiddie. Um, he had that great run, hitting those last-second shots in the regular season. Had not played as well in the uh, in the postseason. There were moments where you're like, okay, when's Dinwiddie going to arrive? And in this game, he arrived in an enormous way. I would say, if you're the Warriors fan watching that, that's a little scary. When you when you sort of see that, hey, instead of okay, who can help Luca? And then you you're you know you you go, oh wait, there's like four or five dudes that can mm-hmm. truly help him. And in this game, there were two. But specifically with with Dinwiddie, what do you think has has happened with him? And again, we hope this continues but that maybe he got some of that out of his system in that first series and even a little bit in the second series and that had him returning to his really strong play.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, that was what was so surprising, Matt, is just how poorly he had played in the Mm -hmm. first five games of this series. You know, he wasn't wasn't a threat at all on the offensive end. And then in game six, you know, he knocks down those five three-pointers in seven attempts. It's like, okay, is this something that can carry over to Game 7, or is this just a case where, you know, the role players play better at home? Well, what does he do? Does he follow up the 5-for-7 three-pointer for Game 6? He goes 5-for-7 from three in Game 7. So it did carry over, and now if the Mavericks can get that kind of production from him uh, in this Golden State series coming up with what Luka does, what Brunson does, with the shooters surrounding them as well, Uh, Golden State, who is a really good defensive team, they're going to have some issues in this series. So uh, what a godsend it was for the Mavericks, for Spencer Dinwiddie in in those two elimination games, to shoot the ball as well as he did. Because, you know, you always worry at the start of that second quarter when Luka gets his usual rest after playing, you know, all 12 minutes of the first quarter, you know, what's going to happen with the offensive production? Because, you know, Brunson can't do it all. Uh, But, you know, you get Dinwiddie going a little bit, you know, you can carve out those minutes for Luka to rest right there in that second quarter.
0: All right. And and I'm just curious what you think this playoff series win does for – I mean, Luka's a superstar no matter what, whether or not they win or lose that game – but but you start to add to the legend when you break through and then you get to your first Western Conference finals. what do you think that series he just completed um will will do for his confidence, which is already immense but do you do you almost sense that because of what just happened, we may even see a next level luca i mean it's hard I mean that's hard to even think what that looks like, but it is right. it does seem at least for his future. You know what I mean? Dirk had to really stay at this thing for a while and break through. And remember the, the, the unbelievable game in San Antonio that we'll never forget. But this is pretty early in a career to break through and have this kind of moment.
1: You know, the series that I think was uh, more important just for, you know, Luka's legacy of where it stands right now, it wasn't mm-hmm. this series. It was the first series against Utah. You know, getting out of the first round, winning a playoff series for the first time, you know, that was something that he needed to get over the hump. And, you know, there was so much pressure, you know, on Luka in in that series against the Jazz because, you know, he missed the the first few games and, and they were up two games to one. You know, so he comes back, and you've got to win that series. If not, you know, you would start to get more criticism. So I think the bigger series for him to win was that first one against Utah, but now for him to go in there and play as well as he did against the Phoenix Suns, especially in back-to-back elimination games right now. I mean, you're putting Luka at the, at the top, of, uh, top of most lists right now of, you know, the best players in the NBA. You know, you can make an argument that you know, maybe it's Giannis, uh, Kevin Durant, but you know, you don't you don't take role too far until uh, you reach Luca's name right now. And if he could somehow, you know, guide this team all the way to the NBA finals right now in just his fourth season in the league. I mean, who knows, you know, what 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 the limit might be for Luca and this Mavericks team right now, but he is just playing at such an elite level. And if you notice right now his turnovers are down as well. He's not turning it over as many mm. times. Sometimes you'll see him, you know, have the big game, he'll have five or six turnovers. But the turnovers are down right now. He's got full trust in the system of Jason Kidd. He's got trust in his teammates right now that when the doubles come, he's going to get to the open man. That open man's going to make that open shot as well. He's just making all the right decisions. He is playing at just such an elite level right now, and it is so much fun to watch. Mike Peasley
0: does the pre and post game for Mavs 97-1, the Eagle, and uh, does such a, a great job uh, on, on that. Wasn't it fun, Mike, to see... Uh, that video, uh, the replay of Jason Kidd over there on one of those really good defensive possessions, uh, he it was like he wanted to be on the floor. He was waving his arms. I mean, I I gotta say, his challenge of uh, when he first did it, I raised my eyebrows. I said, "Whoa, that's interesting." Jason Kidd saying he needs uh, Luca to participate on defense, and it it it, it seemed a, almost a little out of character for Jason. Uh, who's somewhat genteel in his approach, I feel like, with players, and yet uh, it, it seemed to play dividends. How how big a, a deal is this for Jason Kidd's credibility as a head coach? What, what just happened?
1: I mean, what Jason Kidd is doing right now, Mosley, is just, you know, a, it's a phenomenal coaching job. You know, whether it's, you know, the decision midway through the series of, you know, inserting Frank Nelakina with Josh Green struggling mm-hmm. and, and that move paid off. and And even yesterday, just the small move of, You know, changing which basket you're going to shoot at in the second half because typically, uh, you know, you play defense in front of your bench. But because they had lost three games in Phoenix, Jason thought, well, let's just change it up. Uh, Coop asked him in the pregame interview that he does with them about if there was any strategy to it. It's like, no. We just wanted to change things up and see if, they, if, we, if it would make a little bit of a difference, and, and it did. But just to get this team right now to lock in defensively, and, and I know that clip that you're talking about there with Jason uh, on the sidelines, and, and, and then Luca was the one that ended up, you know, defending Mikael Bridges and was just, you know, moving his feet, sliding in front of him, making the contested shot. Jason's just got this entire team locked in right now on the defensive end of the floor. Playing some of the best, you know, defense we've probably ever seen a Mavericks team play in franchise history. The way that they are going right now, I mean, they just have complete trust in each other, knowing their responsibilities, and you just don't see this team make too many defensive miscues.
0: Yeah. I just think it's funny. I just didn't think back to the early in the regular season and like Bullock's ended up here. I mean, before wow. Dorian had had his extension, you know, Kleba, Powell. I mean we know most of these guys. Now Bullock was new to us in some of the but I, I just did not have a feeling we could somehow end up here. And that's why I think we, you're you're right that you have to give kid just e- enormous credit. And it not it's not anything about Carlisle. I think sometimes people want to go, Oh, Carlisle, you know, he was holding them back. You know, listen, sometimes you do need a a, a different voice, a different change. And by the way, I mean Porzingis, uh Get, you know, that trade, I mean, at the time, I don't know, you know, it's like I think they're just happy to get him out. It was a salary dump in a sense. Get him on out of here. And it's it's pretty remarkable, though, that Bertans, uh, to a certain extent, and now, of course, uh, I mean, Dinwiddie to to a larger extent. But they've both made big impacts. I mean, that, that trade looks tremendous right now.
1: Yeah, Mavericks, Mavericks would not be in the Western Conference Finals if they do not make that trade. You know, they don't, they probably don't win the series against the Jazz if they don't get the big contributions uh, from Davis Burton. So, you know, Dinwiddie was pretty good early on in the series. And, you know, even here in these last two games with, with Dinwiddie shooting as well, who knows if the Mavericks win those games. So, you know, just this is an entire organization thing. You know, for, for Nico Harrison as the GM to pull the trigger on the trade, for Jason Kidd and, and his staff to come in there. And again, they, they got up to such a slow start. And if you go back December 31st, this was a team that was one game under five hundred. They were sitting at 17 and 18 as we moved into the calendar year. And if you would have told anybody at that time that the Mavericks would be playing in the Western Conference Finals, they would have thought there's no chance of that happening. But yet here we are, and this staff, this organization, these players just deserve so much credit for just the belief that they have. And And even after this series here today, you have to think that, they can win eight more games. You know, it is not out of the realm of possibility right now that the that the Mavericks could hoist the you know the the newly furbished Larry O'Brien Trophy coming up in a month because they're that locked in right now. They're going to have the best player on the floor no matter who they're playing the rest of the way, and the way that they're playing right now, you know, they're, they've they've got as good a shot as anybody to win it all.
0: Yeah, I uh, it, it's they've got to have just tremendous confidence, and I I feel better against the Warriors. On on their behalf, because of the way the Warriors played against Memphis, fair or not, yep. even without Ja, they still had times they 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 seem to have some flaws, and mm-hmm. and and I don't think everybody's like, well, the you know they'll use uh, Clay or they'll use uh, uh, Draymond on Luka. Well, good luck, good luck with all of that, yep. because whether it's a a, a a bigger dude or a or a smaller guy. He, he seems to eat them alive no matter which way they, they decide to defend. So again, they may have some initial success. Who knows? Uh, but, but the role he's on right now. And again, it's like house money. I love whoever said, Hey, we're going out here and I think the pressure's on Phoenix. Was that, um, I'm trying to remember exact. Was that Bullock who said that? One of the, one of the guys said, Hey, I think all the pressure is, is on the Suns. And, um, and he turned out to be right. I mean, they yeah. played like the team that was just tight as all get-out, and the Mavs just went out there. And, and the joy with which Luka plays with, boy, his teammates and everybody feeds off that. You know, the the yeah. smiling, laughing. I mean, like, you would not be able to look at that body language yesterday in the first half and go, oh, my gosh, game seven. I mean, they were having a blast out there. Yeah. So,
1: anyway. And, and it, it, it helps so much, too, you know, to have Luka Doncic. You know, Luka just kind of sets the tone. He gets the first eight points right away, and he's he's out there smiling, having a good time. You know, the the Suns missed some shots early on that you know typically you know go down for them, and it just you know with Luca's strong play it just got them relaxed right there. And you know, Luca lives for these kind of moments. You know, this is this is a guy that's won the Euro League championship. I mean, he thrives. You know, the the bigger the game, the the, the better that he plays. So uh, it, it's great. And again, you mentioned the the Golden State series as well. It's a Golden State team that will turn the basketball over, and you know the Mavericks—they did a good job late in this series of turning the Suns over. Uh, the Suns are, or if the Warriors are turning over 15, 16, 17 times a game, they're going to be in for a long, long night against this Mavs team the way that they're playing right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I have to—I mean, uh, you know, I admire Chris Paul because he's had a brilliant career, but my goodness, uh, whatever Boy, what happened do to
1: do him. Who knew that turning 37 would would age you as much as it did? Because when he was 36, he was a heck of a lot better than when he was 37.
0: Man. (laughs) On the actual day of his birthday, I think, is when it started going south. Absolutely. It's it's really amazing. And, you know, they made LeBron look bad all those years ago. Now, LeBron had a lot of his career left to bounce back from this. Chris Paul said today he wants to keep playing, but he doesn't have a lot of his career left. So – we shall see, uh, but boy, that's a hard one to come back from when you just absolutely flatline like they did. And now Aiton, you know, you got all sorts of, uh, uh, answer. I mean, think about that. We're, we're two, three, four days removed from that team feeling okay about things and. And now it's like an off season full of what happened. Maybe they weren't as good as we thought they were. Like they they've got you know it's 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 a, it's a you know that's such a, a fine line in the NBA. All right, uh, well, Mike, I woke up today thinking I need to catch up with Peasley. I'm glad we did, and uh, continued uh, success. Hope it. I hope you do two more series.
1: Hey, I've got. Uh, I think game seven would be like June 19th or something. I'm free. I've got another month left in me, no problem. So anytime you need to holler at me, Mosley, you just give me up. You give me a buzz, I'd be glad to come on. All
0: right, I appreciate you. There he goes, Mike Peasley from the Mavs Radio Network, and you can hear him ninety-seven one, uh, the Eagle, and uh, you can uh, stream that. Find it uh, out of market as well, but uh, does a great job.